0: Okay, extreme close up.
1: And here we go. What we are dealing with here is a perfect engine, Uh, an eating machine. It's really a miracle of evolution.
2: Are you telling me you built a time machine, Orion? What's so funny? I'll, I'll tell you in a minute. First, let's
0: drink. Me? How's that for a slice of fried gold?
2: Yeah!
0: Welcome back to Extreme Close-Up. I am Brandon. I'm Dennis. And that's right. We have a guest with us today, and he's going to give us those hot takes. Yeah. Um, you should redo that because
1: you're yeah. as well. Nah, I think we'll leave it in.
0: I think we should leave it in.
1: Yeah. Hey, hey, do you run this podcast, man? Yeah. No, get, Listen get out of here. Get out of here.
0: <laughs> trying to come in and take over this podcast like he yeah. I mean just cuz like he's you. listened to like two episodes.
1: Just cuz he's had a more successful podcast than we had doesn't mean that you know you know anything about podcasts. You know
0: what's crazy? He had the most successful podcast of anybody that I personally know and he just like quits.
1: I know I know one person that's had a more successful podcast than you. But they're still doing it, so I—I I, I mean, I think if you would have kept doing it, you could have kept going. You could have, you could have, you could have taken over. Look,
2: my podcast was so successful; I made roughly thirty-four dollars and twelve cents off ad money in its first year.
0: You're—you're you're not supposed to do it to make money. You're supposed to do it to make a difference.
1: We've—we've we've made four dollars in two years. <laughs> hey!
0: <laughs> Woo! Extreme close up for the win. <laughs> No, so I'm glad that we are, we are back, and we are back with a passion and a fire for movies in this world that exist. That no movies are being released. So what are we going to do about yeah. that, Dennis?
1: Um, I don't know. I, think, I think we
0: should do another episode about Wonder Woman.
1: I think, uh, I think we should just make our own movie. We should make our own Wonder Woman movie. Uh,
0: you know, if all we have Wonder- to do is give Wonder Woman like more screen time than she had in the last movie, and we could actually make a Wonder Woman movie.
1: I, I think I could play a pretty convincing Wonder Woman
2: I mean, here's the deal. What makes a better Wonder Woman movie than three slightly middle-aged to younger men talking about how bad the Wonder Woman movie is?
0: Well, first of all, I, I think that the Wonder Woman... One Wonder Woman... One Wonder One Wonder, Woman Wonder Woman. See... Here, here's the thing. Wonder Woman is a fun movie. We've already covered that in the last podcast, and it had some fantastic acting in it. In fact, The Mandalorian, his role in The Wonder Woman was just just really good, and it was very similar to his role in The Mandalorian, because in both cases, he was trying to protect the child.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it took way too long for me to get that reference, but <laughs> um, sure. It-
1: well, the, the the big difference is, like, it didn't seem like he wanted his child for half the movie. so. Uh, <laughs> That's true. Yeah, like, it just perfectly timed, perfectly timed. Uh, I, th- I think, like, the, his assistants hated him because, like, every time he would say something bad about his son, his assistants would have his son right there next to him to hear those bad things that he said about him.
0: It, it was almost like they, they wrote that into the script purposely.
1: It's almost like a movie. It's That's weird.
2: True. Here's the deal: if we look at if we look at uh, Wonder Woman '84, uh, which was based in 1984, uh, one it... thing I, I think that we can say: were, were you even born then? Just... I was not. I was oh, born okay. four I years just, later. Yeah. Uh, okay. uh, one thing sure. we can confidently say is that business practices in 1984 were awful because their assistants were terrible, and they also just hired anybody and everybody off the street. I mean, I know that it was a wish. But they just hired anybody and everybody that walked into the building. And they didn't have to be qualified. He didn't say, well, I wish that we had qualified employees. They just wished that there were more people working there. And uh, I think that's really the, the reason the company went under.
1: See, I think it's actually like a statement on the uh, gig economy. Um, <laughs> I don't know where to go from that. <laughs> but... Um, yeah.
0: So and that wraps up our new episode about Wonder Woman
1: 1984.
0: Woo! Yay! It was fun. No, so 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 take this extreme close-up fan base that's out there. Our our two loyal and faithful listeners. Um, we we have watched a movie which is probably one of the most terrifying movies that ever uh, has come out, and that is the 1993 classic fire in the sky and this was dennis's first viewing of said movie and uh dennis i have a lot to say about this particular movie but before i get to that i just want you just to just to give me some ideas because you did not even see the trailer before you saw this movie and um because chris prince has so much to say about movies that he has not seen um Uh, He's going to give us some commentary uh, on this topic as well, because besides the movie, the topic of aliens in our current world, um, what I'm talking about is like the stuff with Roswell and, uh, you know, all the government documents supposedly that exist that say that there is uh, extraterrestrial life forms that exist out there. But before we get into any of that, Dennis, give me your, your, your hot takes about this particular film, your expectations could not have been anywhere at all because you didn't know anything about it. I was just like, dude, you got to see this movie.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, definitely just didn't know anything about the movie. I knew it was about alien abduction. It was supposedly based on a true story, which, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, but that being said, I don't need it to be a true story for it to be a good movie. And, uh, yeah, it was a pretty great movie. It was a pretty um, – it was a pretty good, just regular, like, movie about a guy that goes missing. And then, um, you know, they're trying to, like, question his friends that, like, last saw him. And um, and then he shows up, like, five days later. And um, basically, it's like, kind of, and he says he was abducted by aliens. And uh, it's kind of just, like, you know, straight up, like, movie. And then there's, like, ten minutes of this movie. <laughs> that are just like absolutely terrifying, and and it's when it shows like he he's reliving or, or reimagining what he saw and what his experiences were when he was abducted, and it's it's like I used to think that like Alien was probably the scariest like Alien type movie, but nah, this is this is crazy. Like I mean, mm-hmm. Alien's mm-hmm. probably more su- uh, consistently terrifying. But um, this movie, like those 10 minutes where they're showing you what exactly happened on the ship um, is just absolutely crazy. They're like, you know, shoving tubes down his throat and like they wrap him in like the saran wrap type stuff. (laughs) It's crazy like that. And, and that particularly, like I I personally have a fear of like not being able to move. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. like that just like hit a bunch of buttons for me. Like, I, um like, if I wake up in the morning, like, and, uh like, I've somehow wrapped myself in my blanket to where, like, I can't move my arm, it, like, freaks me out. And so, like, to see something that, it was just, like, a visceral reaction for me. It was, mm-hmm. it was, it was insane.
0: Yeah. So, so, a few things here. Uh, to your point, this is supposedly based on a true story. Now, when someone comes out and says that they were uh, abducted by aliens... Or, or whatnot. Again, because it, it's almost like you know the 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 story of the Loch Ness Monster or Bigfoot. You know, uh, nobody knows if it's true. I, I don't know if you ever did this, but when I was a kid in school, I used to to read books about the Loch Ness Monster. I used to read the the uh, books about the Bigfoot sightings that took place and things like that. But the way that they tell the story is the opening scene is this truck is speeding all over the road. Uh, it, it comes into this bar-type area. These men that are in their mid-20s look like they've all seen a ghost. They're concerned, and they agree to make this phone call, and then the scene breaks, and you have basically the police, and you, uh, I believe it's it, it's James Gardner, I believe. Yeah. He's he's playing a detective uh, out in this, this Arizona uh, town, kind of small town set up, and... He's trying to get to the bottom of why these guys are talking about what they are, and uh, so they they kind of tell the story as a backtracking, and, and that's how they introduce you to these characters, and uh, so the movie, kind of like what you said, it plays out as a, this is a missing persons story, and and nobody knows outside of what has been said by the missing persons and the people that that supposedly lost this person, you know, you can you can infer whatever you want to about that, but the movie basically is about the missing person. And then all of a sudden the missing person comes back and then you see the character have the challenges of like PTSD and you get a little bit of that and then the wrap-up of the movie is the experience that he claims to have had inside the spaceship. And that is where you kind of talk about this experience that was terrifying and to your point uh before we get to the filmmaking side of it all uh because i want to talk about that because that's really where where I, I think that the the biggest part of uh uh talking about this film uh especially since industrial light and magic was involved in the special effects and everything but oh, yeah that,
1: the, the aliens look insanely good it's it's like because uh, that that was around the same did uh did ilm work on um Jurassic Park, I'm assuming yeah, that they, they, they did. did. Mm-hmm. I mean it's it's about that time where they're just making like these insanely good looking like animatronic like and prosthesis type stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just absolutely insane. I mean, it it looks better. The aliens look better than aliens I've seen in movies today.
0: Yeah, but well and and a lot of that is because everything's done with CGI today. And although you can do a lot of great things with CGI and make, with the green screens and everything, make things look really, really good, the the, the fact remains that for certain types of movies there there needs to be a sense of realism. And, and I'll give you an example. You look at a film like, and, and I'm curious what Chris Prince thinks about this, because uh, this is one of my problems with the Avengers movies. The special effects in the Avengers movies, you can so tell that it's all a CGI fest of green screen, and that for me, it just doesn't feel like a movie. And when I watch a movie, I want it to feel like a movie.
2: Well it feels it definitely feels where you know it's not real, which it's a superhero movie, but at the same time, it's like so obvious that they they had that they had to make it look fake. Now uh, I did. I have not seen this movie, but I looked it up on IMDb, and the first thing I'd like to say: this Avengers reference is great because basically the aliens look like a uh, version of Groot, was made out of skin instead of roots. Yeah, looks mm. straight up like Groot. I don't know what that's about. Uh, also, my IMDb uh, research has shown to me that the kid who played uh, Elliot from ET yeah. is in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> so you just can't stay away from yeah. uh, uh, aliens apparently. Also, uh, they remade a version of this movie called Travis, the true story of Travis Walton, because this is based on a true story.
0: Hold on. They re- I, I was unaware of this. They
2: remade it. It's called Travis, and it's based upon the true story and what I guess the Travis Walton guy was mad because he didn't feel like they told his story good enough with Fire in the Sky. Also, he was in the movie Fire in the Sky, but he didn't think it was as true to form. So in 2015... They remade it. It's called Travis: The True Story of Travis Walton.
0: Yeah, I see it. I, f- I found it, and and it has um, it has a you know almost a seven out of ten score. This this is interesting because I didn't know they remade it. I wonder what kind of budget. Uh, in fact, let's do it's some actually a
1: documentary. Oh, okay, so it's a documentary. Yeah, and I think I've heard him tell his story on like because I used to listen to those uh like Coast to Coast AM and like Ground Zero, and all that stuff. And I want to say like. When I when I heard his name in the movie I think I remember hearing him like do an interview with like George norrie or something like that because mm-hmm. I think he's I think Travis is still alive mm-hmm. like right now
0: uh yeah he would probably he'd have to be in his 80s i i would I would guess because uh if he was 25 well no let's no he would be no he would be 73 he'd be 73 right because he would have been born in 19 um let's see. He was born if he if he was twenty five in nineteen seventy five then that means he was born in nineteen fifty mm-hmm. so no he'd be seventy years old now right yeah yeah yeah, about. yeah so he'd be about seventy now yeah so yeah well okay so so with that being said and I want to do some more uh, uh, research on this this Travis movie but but if let's say that that's the that's the case uh, but again in in Fire in the Sky the story really is about the uh it's it's about understanding that somebody's telling you that they had this experience and they were lost more more or less I don't I don't know that it's it's so much trying to convince you that they really did have this experience
1: yeah I mean well I mean and I guess you'd kind of have to look at it from like how much creative control because it was this guy's like life story and i don't know if they bought like story rights or something like that i believe it was based
0: um, on the book
2: yeah
1: well so i mean depending on how much creative control like was had you know you're telling it from a different perspective where probably this new travis movie probably is more from uh the guy's travis's perspective so um i guess i mean it's very interesting like I, i wonder what issues he had with it you know if, if he like had specific issues or um, what exactly he didn't like about it but um, but yeah it's very interesting because it focuses at really it kind of focuses very little on on Travis specifically and it focuses more on uh, the, the people that he was working with when he got abducted and their kind of story of like how they were basically the suspects in this uh, crime that Uh, they didn't commit and there was no way that anybody was going to believe them because not very many people either believe in aliens or believe in alien abduction stories. And um, so, yeah, it's very interesting. And uh, they even bring in like um, a professional, um, like, I don't know, lie detector guy or something. I don't know what he's called, but, um, and they all, um, I think a couple of them have to retake it. But, uh, and they don't show them retaking it in the movie, but, um, eventually once everybody took it and all the results were like clear, basically none of them were lying, which I mean, lie detectors are not exactly science anyway. So, but I mean, at the same time they can tell, like, I guess they tell if you're like stressed or or if your heart rate is elevated and, and most likely if your heart rate's not elevated, that doesn't mean you're stressed or, or. lying or anything like that but i mean they're easily beaten but um yeah it's really interesting how they chose to focus on that and then you get this very small glimpse of what uh travis saw and um i thought that was like a really cool thing about the movie though because typically when you when you have alien type movies it's focused solely on the personal experience of the person that was abducted but you really feel like the real life implications of what happened, what would happen if somebody was actually abducted or went missing, you wouldn't really, you know, wait around and, you know, see what all the guy was going through. And then he pops back. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't make sense for that story at all. Like you'd, you'd kind of be wondering what went on. Whereas they called in, you know, some guy, some detective to come and question a bunch of people. And there's this whole like procedural process of the movie that, most other movies you don't really get to see. And I think it's very interesting how this is not, it's not a very like sci-fi type movie. It, except for like maybe 10, 15 minutes of the movie of, of, almost a two hour movie. Yeah. Because
0: they focused on the story and I, I think that that's what I respect the most about it. And, and again, that's why I'm interested in this other documentary that Chris brings up is be, because, uh, uh, what is it about the the movie that he didn't like? Um, and, and you know, I'm not saying that that there's not a reason not to. You know, uh, I mean, after all, uh, I don't know if it was you or Chris, but that is a great point. Is it's it's his story and and how much creative control did the studio take? I get all that, but um, I think they did a good job with the story. I, I really do. Um, now it now is it a, is it a if 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 five star stars are the greatest, uh, stars, I, you know, I wouldn't give it a five star. I think that I have, uh, I've given it a, um, uh, 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 I think it's a, I think I give it a three and a half star rating. Um, because I, I've tried to be, I try to be very, um, hard on my movie rating scale because if I'm not too many of my movies are going to end up being four stars out of five. And so I, I'm more, even if it's a movie I really enjoy, I'm more apt to rate something like two stars or two and a half stars. Um, and so for me to give this a three and a half out of um, a five-star rating, that means I really enjoyed the movie. I felt like the storytelling was was great. Um, I felt like the, the fact that they uh, – the scenes on the spaceship and the way that they presented the aliens and what he went through, like you said, that full body like suit where it almost seemed like he was in a zip ziploc bag being like sucked up almost like vacuum sealed.
1: Yeah, that's that's what I liken it too, Was like vacuum sealing this dude. <laughs> then, yeah. I mean it's terrifying. Yeah. And then it, they cut they cut like a hole for his eyes and then they cut a hole for his mouth and then they like shoved this like brown goop into his mouth Mm -hmm. and then they stick like this thing down his throat and they stick this thing in the side of his neck and then they the last thing that you see is they have put this like uh, metal piece around his eye to like open it up and then they have this like drill that's coming down and like from that drill comes like a needle and then from that needle comes a smaller needle and (laughs) it's it's crazy it's it's absolutely like terrifying like I think, I think we should show. Uh, we should have shown Chris the scene before uh, the podcast.
2: So so growing up, I used to think that the reason aliens had to be real was because there's no way someone could come up with stuff like that off off the wall, like like that. That sounds bizarre and crazy. Like surely someone didn't just come up with that. But then later on in life, I watched the movie Tusk where a man becomes a walrus (laughs) and that was from someone's brain. And now I, I, I wonder maybe aliens aren't real. We just, our imagination is just so insane. So,
0: tusk oh my god talked word. about
2: have y'all reviewed tusk the we podcast? we have not yeah, we see. have not in fact we should talk about tusk
0: we should in fact i'm gonna set here i want i want dennis to lead this off though because i'm very curious chris on what you think about tusk because i i have a lot to say about it actually
1: i'm gonna i'm gonna start off i don't know how y'all's opinion on tusk but i am a tusk stan i love tusk um it's a fun movie uh, Johnny Depp is crazy. I didn't realize he was in the movie for half of the movie. Um, who's the, is it Michael Parks? Um, yes. the, the old man. Yes. So Michael Parks kind of had this little revival with Kevin Smith uh, where he was in um, Red State and then he was in Tusk. And Michael Parks is like such a fun actor, especially in both of these movies but specifically Tusk, uh, he's he's really great and funny and just overall weird, and the movie is so weird and and stupid, and, and like very modern day Kevin Smith, dumb and stupid, that um, the first movie to uh, come about from a podcast, which is just already dumb and stupid, but um, but I love it. It's so great and. Um, I don't quite, I I think the ending, it sort of falls apart at the very end, but um, yeah, I just, I I love it. And I I actually, um, before they made Tusk, I used to listen to like Smodcast all the time, which was Kevin Smith's and Scott Mosier's podcast. But um, I remember the episode where they like went over this idea of, um, they had read this listing that ended up being a fake listing about a guy that, um, wanted you to, I think it was like, he was a carpenter and in London, uh, and he wanted you to come like live with him and you could live with him, but you had to like do, it, it wasn't a walrus, but like they, it eventually Kevin Smith got it to that point. And, um, the podcast episode is actually better than the movie, <laughs> but um and in the in the credits they actually play like part of the podcast where they come up with that idea oh, and um and i remember they uh they had the whole campaign where if you liked the idea on twitter you sent like a tweet that said hashtag walrus yes oh wow or walrus no awesome. and like it, they overwhelmingly got like you know walrus yes and so he just decided to make this movie <laughs> <laughs> and then now there's like um, he's supposed to make one more. It's supposed to be a trilogy, but then they made Yoga Hosers, which was a fun but not a good movie. And then the and then the third that's it, it, that movie has um, his daughter Harley Quinn Smith and uh, Johnny Depp's daughter, and uh, they were in Tusk. They're the clerks in Tusk, and so like it's this whole movie about them. And then the third movie was supposed to be Moose Jaws, which is jaws but with a moose oh my word <laughs> that
0: um now, now I'm glad they did not make moose jaws
1: oh I think it's still on the docket no he had to make a Jay and Silent Bob reboot and I think they're gonna do Clerks 3 like I think they finally got everybody back on board for for Clerks 3 well
2: all I know is I I heard about this story of Tusk someone like tells me the story of this guy who gets turned into a walrus and I'm like that's a movie and they're like yeah and it's frightening and hilarious and amazing and I'm like I'm down so I watched it late at night one time on my own and that movie
1: he hasn't been able to sleep yeah
2: that movie was horrifying and amazing all at the same time Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean who would have thought the, the, the I'm a Mac guy could have so easily become oh, yeah. just a could have so easily <laughs> become King, yeah, could have sort of so easily become a, a walrus and in such a frightening way. Um,
0: so yeah, so here here's what I liked about that movie. I think it I think it it was a a great example of how someone could. Not understand what they had in life, number one, and be willing to lose everything, literally, for nothing. Yeah. Um, I, I I liked that commentary that was on top of the story, but uh, some of the things that 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 I struggled with was who who goes somewhere and meets somebody that they don't know in any way, shape, or form. In in that kind of a a way, because I mean it's it's like literally throwing caution to the wind. No safety measures in place whatsoever. But also near the end of the movie, when he choose or or when when you see that he's in the zoo as a walrus for the rest, he goes of, full walrus. Yeah, full walrus. I, I, I my challenge there was what, was it like they're like we can't turn him back into any kind of a that, human that whatsoever that
1: that was my um, my my specific grievance with the movie too it's like like you know he's in a suit right like he's kind of been sewed up into this suit mm-hmm. like you can't unsew him <laughs> like and if and even if you couldn't why would he be in a zoo <laughs> well
2: it's like if it was anybody else who directed it you would think surely there's some deep like underlying theme here that you're like, that he's, he's trying to tell us something about today's society and maybe it's social media or it's, or it's the celebrity culture and, and the strive from it but then you're like, no, nah, it's Kevin Smith. There's literally no reason. He was just like, no, nah, I'd be great. Like in the end they could have fixed him, but he's like, not nah, just put me in a zoo, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. And that's what, I, that's what I thought. It, it, and that's, that's my issue. There is if you're right, I don't think there's a rhyme or reason. I think Kevin Smith just ends it that way. But for me, I think it was, or I would like to believe it was, that the Justin Long character is just like, I did this to myself. And and through that whole process, realizes that I, I have to, almost like I have to pay my debt now to society.
1: Yeah, and well, and, and the crazy thing is... um, This is, um, like if you look at a movie like Tusk, this is basically what Kevin Smith's career started as. Except it wasn't Tusk, it was Clerks. Where basically, he went to film school and he said, when I get back, we're gonna make a movie. And I have this idea for a movie and we're literally gonna throw caution to the wind and we're gonna make this movie. And I hope it succeeds and I'm worried that it's not gonna succeed. But we're going to do this and we're going to make a movie. Well, that's that's Kevin Smith now where he's like, I'm just going to make this movie and it's going to be crazy and it's going to be weird. And if you don't like it, you don't like it. And if you do, you do. And it's just going to be bonkers.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Like um, my favorite part of the movie is, uh, funny enough, it's the beginning of the movie where <laughs> where they show the Kill Bill kid and he cuts off his leg with the sword.
2: Yep. <laughs>
1: like it's it's the funniest, like that's that's the reason why he ends up going up there anyway, because he's supposed to interview the Kill Bill kid, and then the Kill Bill kid dies. Yeah. And I think there's actually like sometimes I think Kevin Smith could make like a um like a movie like Top Secret or like Airplane. Like I almost think that he he's so like referential that I think that he could actually make like a good, like one of those old parody movies. And he kind of does that here. I want to say I could be totally wrong, but, um, the kill bill kid, didn't he, I think he committed suicide. And when they roll him out, like when Justin Long gets there, the sword is like sticking up out of him. Mm -hmm. And it's one of, it's one of the like little funniest little moments that, just like really hits that like this is like, you know, one of the old like airplane or like yeah. police academy or something like that. And and that's why I think like he could do that really well. Um he's also really I I think he's really good at directing like superhero type stuff too. Like he's directed a few he, he directed but, but that's because he loves the material. Well, yeah, and that's the thing is like I just don't think he has anything to write anymore. But like, he's, he directed, um, I think he directed one of the, the season finales of The Flash, like the early seasons. And it's one where like, he, um, he goes into like the speed force and he has to like, realize that he can't bring his mom back. And it's one of the best episodes of The Flash, like ever. So like when Kevin Smith is like, truly in his element, he's really good. Yeah. (laughs) But like... He's not right now. <laughs> like he's he's in the weed element. <laughs> mm,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. Those 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 are those are good points. Um. What wasn't Kevin Smith involved with the Tim Burton Superman um, Lives?
1: Yes, I think he like wrote the first draft or something like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. And then also, I think he was supposed to direct the Green Hornet as well. Okay. Yeah. Um. And then supposedly he wrote *Goodwill Hunting*.
2: <laughs> supposedly.
1: Yeah, like I think he wrote *Goodwill Hunting*. Like, have you seen *Goodwill Hunting*? Yeah. Okay. I, see, I, I have not. I
0: still it. have not seen *Goodwill Hunting*. I've, I've got, okay. I've got to see this movie. I can't. I can't believe. Yeah. That. Don't don't give it. Don't He's give it away. He's also never
1: seen *The Big Lebowski* either. I've
0: never seen which that is, either. Which is,
2: I mean, I haven't seen a thousand movies, but
1: this is Brandon. <laughs> yeah. Well, Brandon always brings out like these, re, like weirdly specific movies and he's like have you seen this and i'm like no and he's like oh dennis and then uh i'll be like oh have you seen the big lebowski like one of the the greatest movies of all time and he's like no nah, i've never seen that <laughs> <laughs> but um but good Will but hunting, have you seen fire in the sky <laughs> goodwill <laughs> good hunting is so good but kevin smith definitely wrote goodwill hunting like i don't think i don't think ben affleck and matt damon wrote that movie um i've had this conversation on this podcast with uh my friend tyler i think that he thinks that um ben affleck and and uh, matt damon wrote it but i'm like a hunt like because he fought for that movie so hard and like he fought for them to star in it and like i don't know i think that I- and kevin smith is kind of like um a- what is it? I'm trying to think of the phrase, like, he's kind of like a, is it a kingmaker? Is that what it, like, where he can, like, propel people? Like, mm-hmm. like I mean, he basically propelled Ben Affleck and Matt Damon and Jason Lee and Ethan Suplee. And uh, is it Joey Lauren Adams, who was in um, Chasing Amy? Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of people that you look back and you're like, wow, all these people were in, uh, like, Kevin Smith movies. That's where they kind of got their start. I even remember, uh, this wasn't, you know, one of his first movies by any means, but I remember, um, looking, I, I watched mall rats and I was like, Oh, Michael Rooker is in this movie. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> he's the, he's the guy that, uh, have you seen mall rats? Yeah. So he's the guy that, uh, gets the, the uh, is it, what was it? The, the, the chocolate, the uh, chocolate chip cookies uh, yeah, or, or the what? chocolate pretzels. Pretzels. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, <laughs>
0: No, I mean, I mean that. Yeah, that's that's the thing. So Kevin Smith, he, uh, uh, Jersey Girl. Jersey Girl is is a great film, but nobody likes it. Can you explain that one to me?
1: Uh, I I don't really care for Jersey Girl, but I do. That's know... That's why that, I asked like, you to explain it to me. I, know you I, I do know like a lot of people, like a lot of like people that are into movies actually do like Jersey Girl, and they say it's his best movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for all the like. I have the autograph Pro- signed copy. Pro- problematic themes that Chasing Amy has in it. I think Chasing Amy might be my favorite movie of his, but um, although it like its title is like To Kill a Mockingbird essentially, but um, it's it, I think it's a pretty. I I don't mind uh, like I could watch Jersey Girl like you know whenever, but like it's not one that I would just never watch. But I I, I don't really care for it. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why I don't care for it, but it just doesn't, it doesn't hit me the same way as other movies You know, do. That,
0: that's the way I feel about you and Batman v Superman. I don't know why you don't care for it. I mean, no, I don't I know. do like it. I don't know. I, I,
1: don't know. I do like it. <laughs> I just don't think it's better than Endgame. Like, it uh, is your, better than Endgame. Your son was saying. It is
0: better than Endgame. Like. It, it, it's at least one and a half stars better than Endgame.
1: Whoa. Hmm. I don't know about that one, Chief. Like. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I mean, I we're talking
2: mean. about the same studio who gave us justice league which automatically takes away a star from
0: listen we ben have not seen V-S1. the real justice league yet
2: <laughs> you mean the one that's going to be even worse than the one we already saw
0: i i got a feeling that it is going to be what launches the I, justice league trilogy
1: i think the snyder cut is is I don't think it's going to be bad. I just don't think it's going to be what people think it will be. I I don't think that it's going to save the DCEU and like I don't I also don't think it's going to be like any better than the Justice League we got. Um but at the same time, I don't know because apparently at a you don't it was know. supposed to be like You don't know, Dennis. It was supposed to be like Zack Snyder coming in and like editing the movie and like adding deleted scenes to give more context or something. But like now it's like everything's being reshot and, and they're giving him like $300 million or something. (laughs) I think it was $300 million. You know what's crazy? We
0: only asked the studio for like 200,000 to make our movie. I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Why can't they give it like they give me 300 million to make the same movie again.
0: Yeah. and and our movie our movie's a better bet because i guarantee you that our movie would at least make them at least you know 10 million
1: our our movie is the next avatar
0: you know? it, it, yeah, but,
1: yeah
0: i don't know i don't know either. i don't know but just you, know, <laughs> you never know who listens
2: i mean you could basically make any movie in 2020 and it would have been in the top 25
0: yeah so let's talk about that so oscar season is coming up and and i got to tell you um I never thought I'd say this, but um, uh, I mean, out of the movies I've seen of 2020, I mean, the short list is is pretty short. I mean, you've got uh, Inception 2 um, I, I in, in, you, the, in the running.
1: I'm going to tell you about that. I, I don't <laughs> think—I was telling tellin Chris this earlier, which he hasn't seen Interstellar, so the point doesn't really make sense. I don't think that—a lot of people were comparing it to Inception— I don't think I don't think it's anything related to Inception whatsoever. If anything, it's a prequel to Interstellar. Like, um, and and I'll guess I'll explain why. Because um, both movies are about people, whether like male- malevolent or benevolent, communicating from the future to save or try to destroy humanity, and it's all about time travel, like interstellar is more about time travel than it is about space travel. Mm-hmm. Like it's more mm-hmm. about relativity than anything else. Mm-hmm. And what is, what is inverting? It's all about like inverting. Um, it's like, I think they say like it's inverted entropy or something like, I forget what it is. It's, it's basically the concept of interstellar, but in reverse mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. not in space, but mm-hmm. it's like, it's, it's interstellar if it was a bond movie. And, and that's, I think that's
2: almost Christopher Nolan's intent. Right. But, I would like to argue that Tenet is not a time travel movie. If it is, it's the, a time travel movie in the same way that any movie is a time travel movie and that we're traveling through time.
1: Well, yeah, but um, the they travel through time, but they travel through time in the same way that... Um, what is that movie? Is it Primer? Is that the movie where they make the time machine? But you have to like... You can only... If you go back in time... I want to say it's Primer. I could be wrong, but um, if you if you travel in the time machine, you go back in time as like you. If you want to go back in time, uh, like six months, you have to wait in the machine six months. And uh, in in like if you um, let me see, is this yeah? Primer is the one I'm thinking of. And if like you can only go back in time as far as the time machine was created. Like you can't go further than that. So it's kind of like using almost like primer rules, but they do go back in time because um Kat, I think her name is, is the the um the wife of Seder, mm-hmm. the bad guy in the movie. And um she goes back all the way to like when they're in Vietnam on that vacation and she kills them. Like
2: But it's not time travel and then they skipped any time they just literally went backwards in time that's not the same as time travel time travel is when you're actually in, in in all other instances of time travel in most movies you're skipping time you're literally moving from one blip to another and they're spending just as much time like i would so so in every instance that the the only difference here i think is that the one of the biggest parts of the movie i think uh spoiler alert at this point who cares uh, is that Robert Pattinson is is an inverted person and is basically he started his life in the future and is living his time backwards to what our normal time is and then that on the flip side you have um, you have the main character the what's his what. But the, hang on, hang
1: on. You you're so close to what his name actually is by calling him the main character, yeah, the, 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 the protagonist. The
2: protagonist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the protagonist. The protagonist is living yeah. in normal time and at some point is then going to begin to turn around and reverse time to go cle- to go clean things up and fix things. That's what I think is going to happen if if we ever got a sequel. We're not going to get a sequel.
1: But but that would be the I, to me, I think that if we were to invent time travel, that would be the time travel. I don't think that we would I don't I don't think that we would get like an instantaneous time travel I think that it, it would it would be almost like inversion or like primer or something like that I don't think we'd ever get a, like an instantaneous uh, time travel situation but um, but yeah no I, I see where you're coming from on that like yeah typical time travel is you're in one point and then instantly you're transported to another point like Back to the Future or, like, even, like, Doctor Who or something like that. But, um, I, th- I mean, I think this does, like, in the Christopher Nolan universe, it's it's time travel based on, like, relativity. And if you're, like, which it's just gobbledygook what he's saying is inverting, like, entropy and stuff like that. Right. Like, because that would mean you're, like, creating energy. And that can't happen. <laughs> like, um, and so it's so it I mean I don't know I think it's it's interesting like the premise that he brings up I and like I said I think that's how time travel would be if we ever were to get time travel and they kind of bring that up in the movie it's like um they're they're talking about like wondering if they succeed and then they're like because we're here haven't we already succeeded or something like that and it's very interesting how like you can almost interact with yourself in some ways like it doesn't it doesn't make a difference. It's very much like doing things in the movie for posterity's sake, too. Like because it happened, and there's like there's a bullet hole there, so something had to have shot it. So, excuse me. Um, so yeah, it's it's a very weird like version of time travel, where like um, it's it's almost like Interstellar. I don't I don't want to spoil Interstellar for you, but there's things that like happen at the beginning of the movie that are explained how they happen at the end of the movie and it's all based on like him knowing what's happening Hmm. at the beginning of the movie and so his character has to then do that at the end of the movie in order to complete what will then happen like between when he gets back and it's like all weird timey-wimey type stuff yeah,
0: I you know, and I never thought about it before, but I think that that, that is the uh, that is the tie, uh, or the sister type movie for Interstellar and Tenet uh, in regards to the way that time, uh, space continuums, and and things like that operate.
1: Yeah, and I could definitely see uh, now they do they do employ like wormholes in, inter- in Interstellar, um, but like the 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 future beings that are. Um, communicating with the current beings in interstellar almost operate in the same way that the future beings in Tenet are communicating with, um, like, except it's more, um, it's more, um, like, I'm trying to think of a word to put it. It's more concrete ways. Like Mm -hmm. they talk Mm -hmm. about emails and like they talk about, um, like they'll put stuff in a box, invert the box, and then you dig up the you you dig up the box, you put something in the box, and then you dig it up again, and an inverted object has been put in the box. Mm-hmm. Like so, you have to do these very specific things to make specific things happen. It's just um, see
2: that's the part that. That's the part that's time travel and that still doesn't make sense. It, to me, at least, the part that doesn't make the most sense is the way where he goes and he takes a box and he buries it and he immediately is able to take it out and something from the future is now there because he buried it in inverse. Like It, it doesn't make sense to me that that because he buried it in inverse that, that they knew to place it in the future. That's the part that seems like time travel because of the fact that that they don't know that it's there yet. They still get something from a different time period. But that's the only part to me that feels like actual time travel in the movie. The rest of it, like I said, just feels like they're going backwards.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, um, but the, the, the weird thing about like, I think it might have something to do with Cause they, they give like specific instructions about like where some of the stuff is and like, a lot of it like is based on they, they give this whole speech about like nuclear sites and like mm-hmm. these nuclear towns and like I, I don't know, maybe that has something to do with it. Or if they've been able to communicate like in the future and they know where to bury stuff. So like at that point you he can bury it, they dig it up in the future, invert it and send it back. And it has to like wait there until like um,
2: But it's instantaneous for him. Yeah, it's
1: it. It feels instantaneous, but it's taken, and, and that's why it's like it's a different concept than like wormhole space time travel, um, because it's instantaneous to him and it's instantaneous to them, but it's actually taking you know many years in between the time that it, it would normally. Like.
0: Yeah, because because what I got is is if you're inverted, you're inverted for the same amount of time. Everything everything time moves at the exact same amount of time no matter which side of of the inversion you're right
1: on. right just like you have to breathe different air mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like if you get hit with fire it freezes you instead of burns you um but the and then like if you get shot with an inverted bullet like apparently it's like you'll die immediately um but the the crazy thing is um hang on i was trying to think of my point of what you, oh, so um, I didn't realize this, and maybe y'all did. I didn't even think of, I haven't seen the movie in, a in like, a few weeks. And so, like, apparently there's this part where they're, it basically, they, it, it's a cut scene where they're explaining, like, um, you know, this is how inversion works, and, like, you, you know, you can't breathe regular air and stuff. And apparently you can try to invert yourself or, like, I don't know, revert yourself. But you can try to, but if you don't see yourself on the other side, that means you have not inverted. And so like that means you cannot do it. Mm-hmm. Like that that's like which it provides a cool visual. I just didn't catch that at, at at the viewings that I had of it.
2: Well yeah, it's like the uh uh whatever the, the, the girl's name is, she she is able to when, when they say whether or not they can save her that yeah. army guy that's what he says Ar- basically Aaron if you, can, yeah, if you can see him if you can see her on the other side that's how you'll know that she made it which is really confusing to like know that that's how you know she'll be okay yeah in the end
1: yeah the one of the coolest uh, parts of the movie though is when they're in that con- that shipping container and like his wounds start showing up mm-hmm. like in reverse. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, really
0: cool. and that was you now that was something that I caught in the second viewing that I did not catch. Oh, really? Yeah. Like when his arm started hurting and it was just starting to hurt. And then all of a sudden it started to bleed. And I was like and I looked at Chris and I was like, that's what because he's, he's about to get shot there. Yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. yeah no, it's then, it's so, really cool. No. And, and, and I, I think that the, that that's where the movie was just more fun for me the second time. Uh, than it was the first, but but I think we've kind of spent our time uh, this 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 episode. We've we've kind of hit that 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 marker, and I know that some of us got uh, a few things that we've still got to do on this first day of 2021. This has been a weird uh, podcast, though, because we've covered aliens, time travel, and quantum physics. So um, I don't even know what to do with that. And walruses, and- yeah, and people being turned into walruses. This might be the weirdest episode that we've ever.
2: Had. Just a reminder that Wonder Woman eighty four was also a trash fire.
1: Oh. It,
2: it was I,
0: a fun movie. So I did. Uh, I still stand by that. I liked it for what it was. Um, it could have been better, and so, and I'll be more kind to it than Chris.
1: So i I did, I did want to like veer back to Tenant real quick because I was I was listening to a podcast and and go, like viewing Twitter like talking about Tenet because a lot of people waited until it came out on disc to or on digital to watch it. Um, And so one of the things that um, people were saying about Tenet is like one of the most Christopher Nolan like type lines that it's in the movie is when they're in that shipping container because like Christopher Nolan has this thing where like, At some point in the movie, they're basically going to turn and look at the camera and say, these are the stakes of the movie. Mm -hmm. And so um, the one that um, the the one that is like the most Christopher Nolan line in the whole movie is they're talking about like the world being destroyed. and, And Kat turns around and she says, including my son. And so you're like, oh, okay, like we get what her motive. Like you've just told us what her, your motivations are in the movie. Yeah, that rem- that and- reminds me of
0: that um, in, in that movie. Thank you for smoking. When they're pitching the movie where they're smoking in space, and he's yeah. like, but isn't aren't they in an oxygen enriched environment? And they're like, oh no, no, we can fix that with one one bit of dialogue. And they're like, you know, they, they'll start smoking, and someone will say aren't you glad we invented the blah, 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 <laughs> you know? And my, like.
1: <laughs> my favorite line, in a, and I always think about it when I watch time travel movies, uh, my favorite line about time travel is from uh, Austin Powers, whichever one he time travels in, I forget, but uh, he gets in the, the car and he goes, uh, he says something, he's like, what if... Um, oh, he says something, like he asks a question about time travel and Basil Exposition is like... Um, I don't I I try I find it best just to have fun and don't worry about it and then they both look at the camera and he goes that goes for you too <laughs> <laughs> yeah so true, yeah it's, it's really great
0: good stuff yeah well I, I uh, like I said I, I know that we've got one person that needs to get out of the studio they've kicked me they've punched me they've texted me um, so I, th- I think we need to uh, get this wrapped up Dennis um, looking <laughs> right. at you Chris <laughs>
1: chris can sorry, sorry chris can take it out for us you want to yeah take it out for us chris
2: yeah just a reminder to make sure and sign up for all streaming uh, uh websites they're always better than going to a theater in these covid times don't forget that dvd is just as good as blu-ray and uh, spotify is just as good as a record thank you all for listening and have a wonderful week
1: goodbye everybody <laughs>